and welcome to Outside World Occultism, the only podcast where we have to issue a correction every other episode because <laughs> we make assumptions on things we don't know with staggering confidence. <laughs> By podcast standards... The only Toho podcast. Okay, yes, that I will accept. We're the most accurate Toho podcast out there. You won't find another one. I think our bravado more than makes up for the fact that we always get things wrong. Exactly. And I should probably introduce everyone else with me today. I'm Nee, and with me today are Katya. Hello. JT. What's up? Lev. Hi. And F. Hello there. Today we're talking about a gay scientist. Now, that may seem like a vague proposition, but actually most people in Toho are gay mages instead. <laughs> yeah, there's just a couple of edge cases there. Yeah, I have some theories about that, but this is, just to be clear, this is an episode of The Unsealing Club. Yeah. Alas, the Umemi episode will have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait until we have a Phantasmagoria episode because it's the just absolute wildest official Toho work. <laughs> yeah, it's quite something. Setting that foreshadowing aside, though. Rhetorical question, what was the correction we had to make? I don't remember. Uh, something about <laughs> depiction of people drinking, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. At some point in the past, we said that it's like enshrined in Japanese law that you can't show underage people drinking or whatever. But no, it's just something the entertainment industry has agreed on. It's not a national law or even a local law. It's more of an unwritten rule, which is still, you know, our point still kind of holds up. <laughs> it's sort yeah. of like the ESRB. Yeah, it's not technically speaking uh, legally enforced or whatever. It's just you would probably get... Neither is the ESRB or CIRA or any of those. Yeah. It's not yeah. canonical to Japanese civil law. <laughs> <laughs> That's not canon. It's just the same reason that Sakurai needs to ban certain characters from Smash, you know? <laughs> Reimu doesn't break yeah. that rule, Mr. Sakurai. Reimu <laughs> is a good girl and can gee in the club for good boys and girls of all ages. I'm just saying. <laughs> Reimu is a friend. Reimu is a responsible friend. Okay, that's maybe... She's responsible enough for Smash. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't really a high bar, I think. Yeah, they have like a gorilla in there, so... <laughs> That can't be safe. Hey, Donkey Kong is a very, you know, sophisticated sort of gorilla. He's refined. He has a tie and everything. I don't have a tie. You know who else has a okay, tie? Okay, fine. Primo. True. <laughs> Good point. Maybe the requirement to be in Smash is that you have to own a tie. I don't know. Wario is in there. <laughs> oh, maybe he just stole it. Fair is enough. Wario like the biggest question for you? <laughs> He's the one who shouldn't own a tie. I mean... Terry Bagard only has a tie because he uh, ripped it off Geese Howard, but... Yeah. Is it is it Bagard? Maybe. I've always uh, said it as Bogard. Yeah. Look, I pronounce things terribly. I mean, so do I. What is this podcast? <laughs> yeah, this is our Smash Brothers podcast. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is our Smash Brothers podcast about the newcomer that was announced last week, Usami Renko. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine though. She's definitely got a lot of good combos. The my favorite one that I've seen so far is wow! It seems like I'm a shooting game protagonist where she does a 360 degree spin and fires in all directions. It's <laughs> nice that they finally added a character who knows how much time has elapsed in the match. Not the best recovery as up specials go, but you know it can be a very important strategic addition. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <sighs> <laughs> I would have preferred it if I made it her taunt, but you know. Hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> it really is a shocker that of all the Toho characters that they could have added, they went with Renko Osami. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining it. Okay, let's actually talk about Renko. 
Yeah, so okay. let's talk about Renko. Well, what kind of a person is she? We've been spending the past few episodes of the Ceiling Club basically talking entirely about Maribel. What's Maribel like? What's Maribel's personality like? What's Maribel's future look like? So what kind of personality does Renko have? We've sort of talked a little bit about Renko, but... Not to the same degree, though. Yeah, exactly. Like We're going to reiterate a lot of what we've already mentioned in passing, but then just sort of expand on it in greater yeah. detail, I guess. One thing about Renko is that she's like, I mean, obviously the actual narration kind of switches between both of them and neither of them. But in a sense, I think she's, especially after the start, she becomes the like ordinary audience surrogate to an extent. Like she's witnessing all the weird stuff that happens to Maribel, which isn't to say that she's not participating, but she's kind of the, definitely not the passive side, but kind of there for the ride. You could definitely describe her as like the protagonist of the Hifu Club stories. I like to look at Renko and Mary as Mary is the person who will sit down at a video game and figure out how to play it a little and then, you know, get skilled but not really understanding what she's doing. While Renko is someone who's reading wikis and game width and all of that, <laughs> but never actually playing the game. She's just sort of encouraging Mary to try all of these meta strats that she's read about other people doing. <laughs> That's an interesting okay. way of looking at it. Mary, you can perform the barrier skip if you do this particular precise <laughs> Set of inputs. <laughs> She's just her speedrunning coach. <laughs> Renko on the couch at GDQ for Mary's run of student life. <laughs> <laughs> Mary's run of student life. Incomprehensible ending. <laughs> Renko is one of my favorite Toho characters, obviously, but... Okay, so she's just, like, you know, a huge dork. Like, that's her thing. She's, like... It's never, like, really, like, explicitly commented on, but you, you get a feel for her personality through, you know, the way she talks and stuff. And she's just a really big dork. Like, she's just a huge nerd. If she had a voice, if someone, like, voice acted her, she would have, like, you know, the very, like, stereotypical, like excitable nerd girl voice <laughs> yeah that's like her in personality but i i can't reconcile that with my image of renko in my head <laughs> and what's that like i think renko definitely has that element of someone who has a successful reaction videos channel to her but <laughs> i always picture her as like the half-asleep grad TA in the back of a room who will, you know... Like, she used to have a reaction videos channel, but now she is the reaction video in real life. <laughs> She's always trying to put forward being this professional and detached sort of thing. That's what she is. She's, uh, you know, a fresh grad going in for an interview at, like, some big company that they've followed for a long time. Like, if you imagine being your first day of work and you go meet Iwata or whoever the current president of Nintendo is, Rip Iwata. It's Furukawa. And you have to be trying to put forward, like, hello, I am serious worker and, you know, I'm going to do such great things for your company and also, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Rip, it must does seem like the type of person who's just internally screaming all the time. <laughs> I mean, it must be rough when the only thing on your CV is a dojin you made with your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the job you're applying for. Yeah, mm. I do think it's really interesting that she is a student in a field that has nothing further to be. That the official word verdict is there's nothing else to find. A field that by all accounts has been thoroughly explored and there's nothing new or interesting under the sun when it comes to physics. Yeah, I wonder what's up with that actually. I think it's probably just people thinking that they know everything and saying that they know everything because, mm. well, what we don't know could never affect us, right? I was thinking of the, like, the university setting, kind of. I think it's actually like a commentary on how higher education is sort of viewed by a lot of people. Like, going to school for the degree. Rather than for the learning. Yeah. And so even if there's nothing left to do in the field, you still have to get the degree and then, you know, become an employment statistic or something. 
Well, I suppose theoretical physics might not have had many non-academic applications, but... You'd be surprised. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would. I'm a goddamn liberal arts student. I don't know anything. <laughs> I do know about not having practical applications. I do wonder how it actually shows up in their, like, curriculum that they're not even expected to, like, do actual academical work and original research, but just recycle the universal truths that they already have. I mean, that's just undergrad. <laughs> that's depressing. Like, what does a graduate thesis look like in physics in this world like what's Renko's game plan here are theses still a thing like maybe they just abolished the thesis as a concept maybe we're just making this more and more dystopian the more we discuss it (laughs) (laughs) the thing I'm getting at here is just kind of I think it's really interesting that she's like a scientist and a physics student in this setting where everything is known already yeah there's no need for that and I think the fact that she discovers this girl that sort of completely changes her understanding of the world and kind of shows her that there is more to the world. Sounds like one of my Japanese animes. Yeah. (laughs) Opens up this like world of magic to her. (laughs) Yes. Some kind of merry pixie dream girl. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it would be really funny if Renko wrote a thesis about how magic is real. <laughs> she probably will write a thesis on how magic is real and then instantaneously disappear into the cosmos to consume a star. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had this thought that maybe in this world where they're not expected to actually think of anything new regarding physics, maybe their like theses are just an exercise in remixing what knowledge they already have in new and interesting ways. So actually her thesis is just to like make a convincing argument based on physics for why magic is real. So it's like an English class? Well, and it's like what the sciences were for a very long time during the reign of like scholasticism and things. It wasn't, what new research do you do? It's, you know, here's your Aristotle and here's your Bible. What more can you tell us? (laughs) Yeah, basically. I just really love the idea of Renko like encountering Maribel and seeing all of this amazing stuff that she's capable of and discovering like I think it's kind of a lesbian dream to find somebody who expands your world like that. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I'm just imagining Renko just discovering that there's like all these like alternate dimensions and magic is real and monsters are real and all of that just completely shattering her sort of perception of what was possible and like you know the age of gods and myth was real and all of this and she presents her findings in like a very like exhaustively researched and well documented thesis to a panel. A cruel Renko's thesis. (laughs) And I'm just imagining her being like eager and excited about this and they just like don't even take it seriously at all. The next album opens up with her walking out of the sanatorium and Mary going, well, how's it feel, huh? (laughs) How's it feel? How's it feel? exactly the type to like actually do this like she's very scientifically minded and she's always looking for like the next like whenever she's obviously this is most prominent in uh, Trojan Green Asteroid she's always looking to take notes or like do some kind of research she's always very inquisitive about the stuff that she sees with Maribel I guess yeah Franco is the embodiment of the full curiosity killed the cat saying (laughs) yes satisfaction would literally revive her from the dead (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I'd say that we could probably sum up the personality question by saying that Renko is a dumbass butch on a truly staggering level. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think the crux of her character really is that she's someone who actually wants to be and has the instincts of a scientist in a world that doesn't have a place for that. Also, mm. she's an extremely smart dumbass. <laughs> Yeah. I think those two correlate um, pretty strongly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of academia, kind of. Academia is not. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. Well played. That was... <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was so many levels to that. I'm not even going to say anything. I try my best. You should be in academia. <laughs> 
I find interesting the idea that she's in school because she likes it and is interested, but like that people generally go to school only because they, even though there's nothing to be taught, they still need degrees to get a job. I mean, what kind of a career does the degree that Renko is studying even get her? Like, probably... Probably a teaching position. Something in nuclear power. Hmm. The lack of new discovery doesn't mean there's like a lack of needing to know things to perform your yeah. assigned social role in exchange for goods and services. For example, people go to college for engineering all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that totally makes I sense. I am never going to stop burning engineers, <laughs> even though they're definitely necessary. Hey, engineering majors do important things. They set up roads, they set up bridges, you know. I have all of the respect in the world for engineering majors. They do vital things. They still have to succeed at something. (laughs) It's only once you fail out of an engineering program and become a business major that I have an issue with you. (laughs) (laughs) What about the people who fail out of econ majors and become business majors? What about them? I think that's just the same thing, but coming from the humanities instead of the sciences significantly more contemptible use the two of them and you get the ultimate horror (laughs) a politician (laughs) (laughs) someone who doesn't know anything in the humanities or the sciences but wants to do everything with them now on my end i appreciate engineering majors because they're very good to hide behind when something goes wrong that's the sole reason we have interns That's, like, extremely true if you're any other type of STEM major. We don't really get any kind of glimpse of what the actual, like, college life is like, do we? The Renmary CDs, oops, I mean the Ceiling Club CDs, are... (laughs) Oops. Totally unintentional. (laughs) They're about the club, they're not about the college. There's barely a mention of them like studying the subject it's basically literally mentioned oh we go to kyoto university once or twice i mean that's fine obviously but since we're in the business of obsessing over stuff like that it would be nice yeah like maribel introduces herself as in changeability a strange dream she says my name is maribel harn i'm part of, i'm part of an occult club in this dull town like she doesn't even mention the fact that it's Like, a college club? Well, is it really a college club? They're in a club, and they're college students, but do we know it's, like, connected to the university? That's a good point. It's probably not with two of them. Yeah, Yeah, I have a feeling that Kyoto University would be like, excuse me? You two, what the fuck are you even doing? You may unsealed that out. Or ultimately, they don't care, right? Because as long as they're paying tuition. Yeah. I mean, we've got weirder clubs. Well, most clubs have an attendance requirement in Japan. Most universities need five to ten students to be a recognized club. I guess I was thinking that it was a school club just because Sumireko's version of the occult club was a school club technically. Yeah, at least technically. At least until she got told no you can't do this you literally didn't even ask for permission from the school from her side it was just her way of like pushing people away by being like oh look at me I'm so weird and like creepy and a cold I'm so random (laughs) lol random If Sumireko was a millennial, she would have been so into long random culture. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to see a music CD that's just sort of a glimpse of their school life. You know, more heavily involved in their school lives. Like, maybe they discover something weird on campus or whatever. There's there's certainly yeah. a lot of doujins with that premise. I guess it would be, like, very relatable if they're not actually doing any schoolwork. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, my college club experience. Renko is definitely the type of person who does the bare minimum that she needs to succeed and then does 600 other things that she finds way more interesting on the side. Don't call me out like this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm calling myself out. I'm not calling you out. I think you're calling everybody in this on this podcast out somehow. (laughs) Aren't we actually doing that right now? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's how a podcast works. Mission success. I think usually when I see any kind of story about their actual school lives in fan works, obviously, since we don't have one in canon, I think it's usually one of the kind that doesn't really dwell on the setting very much and just throws them into everyday modern normal college 
yeah. jokes and experiences. College, honestly, doesn't change that much over time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, other than, like, some sorts of, like, how it interacts with the world around it. But otherwise, university students is the same. It's always kind of fun reading history about old French university where the students might as well have been in 2019. Yeah. They just have more restrictions on what college students can get up to these days. There's not, And also, they, they are a bit less direct about it. They probably would have just settled for some academic sanctions instead of locking Galois in the building to stop him fighting in the French Revolution. Because <laughs> <laughs> we do get plenty of information about the rest of the world that they live in and the outside world in general in the future. And I guess it is more interesting to sort of speculate about what the school setting would look like given that instead of really having Zun tell us about that. I think that Zun would probably just make it... College AU, but depressing, honestly. (laughs) Which is just college. That's basically what Rinko and Maribel's future is like. It's just right now, but depressing. University AU, but fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Right now is already kind of depressing, so... Yeah, but it's more. Yeah. And it was written when it was, like, slightly less depressing, too. Like, the first few he-who CDs. That's true. The other thing about Renko is, like, you know, I think of her as a bit of an otaku, sort of. I mean, she is. She's basically an occult otaku. That's sort of where my perception of her as this sort of very excitable, nerdy girl comes from. Oh, I think she definitely is an excitable, nerdy girl. I just don't think she has the usual voice. She's just the classical, excitable, nerdy girl character, but, like, also voiced by Mizuki Nana in her full contralto. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to imagine that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> who is that? Uh, you'd probably, if she's Tsubasa and Symphogear, she's a really prolific voice oh. actress. Tsubasa and Symphogear is just mm-hmm. one person I know. She sings the Symphogear OPs, too. You know, mm. I can kind of see that, yeah. I guess anime voice acting tends to be kind of low on voices that actually sound like 20-something women. The voices that sound like actual human women ever, actually. Well, yeah, that too, <laughs> but the older voices are, like, more reasonable, usually. Or completely absurd. Well, yeah, fine. Well, you see, I'm gonna go drive my car down the street. That's basically the anime old lady voice. Not that old. I meant like halfway there. <laughs> That's Renko's voice now, by the way. But um, Renko just speaks like a Dark Souls NPC. Got it. <laughs> Five solid minutes of laughter and skip of- them. <laughs> 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 diagnosed Renko with terminal grandma voice. <laughs> the tables have turned. Um, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if. Uh... <laughs> If I, if it's I in my it head. Now. But I can't stop hearing it now, yes. Um, <laughs> five solid minutes of laughter. Unskippable. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, anyway. Anyway, we should probably move on to, like, what's important to Renko? Like, what are her ideals and shit? Girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Girlfriend. Yeah. Girlfriend. Okay, moving on. Glad we sorted that. <laughs> next. That's it. That's the podcast. I'll see you all next week. Okay, for real though. Yeah, Maribel is obviously very important to her, but it's not just because they're obviously girlfriends. I think she looks up as Maribel as sort of like an ideal of breaking the confines of the frozen world that she lives in. I think a lot of her feelings towards Maribel are just kind of what she represents to her in terms of possibility in the world that they live in. Worship your girlfriend because that's not gay or anything. (laughs) 
Yeah, like, do you think they're dating at the start of the Fusidis Ghostly Field Club? I think they're dating by the time of magical astronomy, for sure. I would definitely agree with that. I think maybe in the first couple of CDs, they're in that perpetual lesbian state of... Pining. Yeah, not sure whether they're dating or not yet. And then finally, Mm -hmm. when they uh, admitted it, it was... Wait, we haven't been dating up until now? (laughs) Retrospective. It just happened. Or wait, you feel the same way too? I thought I was just going nuts. (laughs) Retrospective 53 minutes is like literally they're going to see Maribel's parents, right? No. Yeah, that's definitely they become he who has become gay. Yeah. And so I guess what I'm wondering is Renko taking Maribel to meet her parents immediately after they start dating or... (laughs) Yeah, as you do. <laughs> or, is, or is this like some time after? It's a holiday though, right? Well, we don't know how far the CDs are apart, so it could have just been some time after, yeah. If we assumed that the CDs were like in real time, then they'd... If the CDs were in real time, they would be <laughs> PhD students by now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, relatable. Unless they just really, really suck at college. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the stuff is all compressed within a certain window of time. I think the timeline in Heath obviously doesn't correspond to the regular timeline until... And also it doesn't really, like, matter. As long as you set it in the vague, anything past 2100 is literally fair game. In the not-too-distant future, next, well, a few Sundays away, A.D. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely not, like, end-to-end, like happening on subsequent days or anything but it's definitely not like happening over like a lot of years oh yeah definitely it's somewhere in between probably i mean it can be a couple years at this point probably at the start they've been in college for like a year they've already got their majors figured out i think they're probably either college juniors or early college seniors right now They have some pretty hefty sophomore energy, though. That's true, but they've been doing so many things. I guess they might have just had an absolutely packed summer. (laughs) Or, uh, spring. It's spring there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's like a Phineas and Gerb. Uh, Gerb. Phineas and Gerb. Phineas and Gerb. That well-known show. Yeah, you know. It's been a while since we had one of those typo in the group chat moments on this call. (laughs) Get his ass. Um. I'm going home. (laughs) You can't go home. We're stuck on a space station. I'm going to my cabin. (laughs) But yeah, it might be one of those situations that is just end to end, day after day. And then Maribel went to the sanitarium for a grand total of one night. I thought she was, like, there for, like, a few months or something. Yeah, that was the one where there was an explicit time skip, so... One really rough night of no (laughs) cell phone. One night, but the internet was so bad that it... One night for her that passed as, like, six months outside. I would say it was probably, like, a couple weeks at the most. I wouldn't say it was more than a month. Does it say an explicit time period? It doesn't say. It just says, um, now, after being informed that Mary is fully recovered, Renko Usami has come to greet her. I thought Mary had a line that referred to, to something. And Mary says, I had recurring fevers and I would start sleepwalking and seeing visions of other worlds whenever they happened so this it wasn't a one-day thing obviously it was something like she was quote-unquote ill for quite some time i feel like this would be just like i have the vibe that it was like a month and a half to two months because unfortunately in japan it's pretty hard to get out of like mental hospitals and stuff She's going to have so much homework to catch up on. That's all I can think of. I'm just thinking back to my own college days and every single time I'd be like, I'm not going to go in today or whatever. Just like a single day was like already an insurmountable amount of work to catch up on. So I can't even imagine a month or two. I remember losing like a month because I got pneumonia my senior year and I ended up nearly not graduating because I had to rewrite an ethics paper. Oh my god. That's just how it is sometimes. Now I'm actually kind of forced to stick to my one summer headcanon. (laughs) 
It's not just one summer. The whole thing? The whole series. So come along, because Renko and Mary are going to do it all. <laughs> Renko and Mary's just one long, crazy summer. It's like how all of JoJo Part 5 is like a week. Like, it's just a really busy week. God, that's so messed up. You know... Giorno Giovanna's no good week. <laughs> no good, terrible, very bad week. Yeah. You know, I can kind of see the one summer timeline working out, but also... I think it's more like one year, honestly. Like, from the beginning of freshman year to the middle-ish of sophomore year. Yeah, that's what I actually agree with, too. Because my deeply entrenched headcanon is <laughs> shit hits the fan before they graduate, so. Yeah, I think it's been mostly their sophomore year. I would agree with that, honestly. Like, I don't feel like Ghostly Field Club... Some of their antics are pretty sophomoric. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm just like thinking about freshmen in college and that's not like they don't Renko and Mary don't really have like the freshman like personality. Um Yeah, freshmen are still too afraid of everyone else. Yeah. Renko and Mary are sophomores, they know that there's nothing to fear. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're also. It doesn't seem like maybe they're trying too hard at school, which only happens once you have been thoroughly beaten down by the college system. That kind of reminds. I wonder how hard Renko actually is trying at school now that she kind of has this other project going on. Does she still care about mainstream physics, or is she more devoted to this thing now? I don't think that she's cared about it from the start. I think she got into the field so she could examine the fringes of it. This is actually maybe something that we can use to pinpoint exactly what point of their academic careers they're in, because Maribel mentions that she's a psychology major and Rinko's a physics major. She asks herself, I wonder how her recent studies of strings are going. And obviously we can't really know, like, you know, in the future what point of the curriculum that is, but strings is pretty... That's graduate school here, but... You have a particular advisor you go to for string theory. If we assume it's proven, it would be... Maybe early grad school? Yeah. No, it would be undergraduate if it was an established and proven theory or being presented as such. Yeah. If it was a proven theory, I think it would be like something that you would put in maybe junior year. It would be sophomore or junior year, depending on what prerequisites yeah. you had in advance. Because like quantum field theory and stuff is an undergraduate thing right now, just the intro to it. Yeah. Like I took my first quantum course in my junior year, but that's I'm not a physics major. I was just doing a minor. I think that it fits fine with our this is sophomore year headcanon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, maybe. No, which CD is that mentioned in? I wonder how our studies of strings are going. It was one of the earlier ones. I wonder how long we've been talking about whether or not they're in sophomore year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now that we've spent so much time talking about it, the next He Who CD that comes out will uh, clearly state the date and time and that they're both in beginning of senior year or something. Or maybe they're both freshmen. Yeah. Fresh women. Yeah, Whatever. they're both in big senior year, and it's taking place in 2021. <laughs> They've got to put it in, what is it, like 2045 or something? Give me the Sifogear years in, let that fanfic happen. <laughs> I think it's probably post-Symphogear, unfortunately. That's only like 50 years from now, which is nuts. Thesis. The world of Hifu has had the curse of Bilal revoked. <laughs> I found it. It's changeability, a strange dream. She, she managed to carve out a time slot for that. Yeah, she says, my major is relative psychology. Renko's is for super unified physics. I wonder how her recent studies of strings are coming along. So the fact that they have a super unified physics as its own major, it's probably covering strings early. Because like yeah. whatever that yeah. specific entails it's not a general physics degree like we have now right it's like uh here's this like special physics that we teach for like maybe they have different non-unified physics i think it's probably from the description it'd be like a maybe a degree focusing on cosmology more than anything i don't know i mean <laughs> that would seems very far future to have just a cosmology degree program turning out cosmologists after cosmologists with nothing for them to do. I, we can probably safely say that they're like sophomores or maybe juniors. We can put that as our conclusion for now. Unsealed. Yeah, unsealed. I'd love to call it unsealed, but I think the only thing we really concluded is that we don't have any proof either way. Still counts. <laughs> unsealed. We unsealed the fact that they're definitely not freshmen. 
Yeah, basically. That's the thing I was kind of pushing against. Like, I don't really feel like they're, like, that new to their fields. And especially considering, like, all the discussion later that where they talk about the nature of reality. I mean, I talk about the nature of reality with my pals all the time, and I'm technically not in college yet, although... <laughs> we have a child among us. That's yeah. mostly because of personal raisins. What does raisin have to do with this? Everything! Waves. Raisin took all of my money and now she says she won't give it to me unless I manage to solve the mysteries of the universe. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to solve the mysteries of the universe before I go to college. (laughs) Don't we all? I just mean like when Maribel's sort of talking to Renko about it, she uses examples from physics that Renko would understand, I guess. Like gravitons and stuff? Yeah, even though she is sort of obviously wildly wrong during that sequence. She tries. Yeah, like she Oh my she's... god, though she tries. She tries <laughs> all the time. All the time. <laughs> in this institution. <laughs> anyway, walked into this... it. And she prays. <laughs> <laughs> this must be actually one of our more chaotic episodes. Yeah. A lot of bits have just sort of naturally lended themselves to showing up, so. I think we were supposed to be talking about Renko's ideals, but Eluna. I think we've talked about Renko's ideals by demonstrating her internal monologue. Yeah, I think going wildly <laughs> off topic for a bit, or just because of a topic being vaguely pertinent, is like the epitome of the Renko ideology. Okay. Renko has ADHD. There's no on-topic and off-topic. There's only cowardly and bold. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that she should probably get along with Renosuke, except that they have completely different like frames of reference for the tangents. She always likes to be like, well, I don't know if this is true. I don't... We just don't know. But she loves to make, like, wild theories. Renosuke likes to make wild claims, I think, is the difference between them. I feel like they would just talk past each other. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. They would, like, literally never see eye to eye. Like, Renosuke would attempt to explain something magical. Renko would be just like, oh, yeah, it's just, like, XYZ thing in physics. Unless she had already become a magical being herself at that point. I think people who talk past each other and manage to miss that the other person isn't actually listening can get along pretty well. That's very true. I think they would get along very well, but I don't think they would get along very productively. They would, yeah, that's... They would be very good at doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I actually want to see that. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how I would, but... It would be interesting if there was, like, in the future of the Hifu CDs, they actually did end up going to Gensokyo in explicit detail, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't think it's Mm. going to happen, because if it did happen, it would mean that Maribel had gotten strong enough to brute force the barrier or something, or something else weird had happened. Renko just launches so many arrows that the barrier just doesn't load. (laughs) Barrier skip. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so speaking of barrier skips, Rinko's goals are obviously, she's really attached to Maribel's powers and the way that she's been developing them. And she's really attached to the idea that maybe thinking that everything is cold hard science is actually stupid. I'm not necessarily sure. Sh- I guess thinking that everything is completely and... I guess my hot take is Renko is kind of opposed to materialism, like the idea that humans can perceive everything in the universe and that there's only value in extrapolating from the things that we can perceive. Ah, yeah. I think she definitely views all the stuff that Mercy is in physical and material terms. Yeah, I think she very much does see all this stuff in a scientific light. It's the difference between she values actual science as opposed to the perception of science that's sort of been forced upon her. To go philosophy of science here, Renko is a scientific realist and lives in a nightmare positivist dystopia. I guess what I mean by opposed to materialism is she is opposed 
to the idea that materialism can solve everything, not necessarily materialism as a complete philosophy. Yeah. Because the idea of science in the Hifu world is pretty materialist in that since we know everything that is relevant to us, we know everything. So she's opposed to basically extrapolating that to the whole world rather than the idea of yes it is probably a good idea to base what humans do on what can affect humans we have to kind of look at Renko and see like what is she getting out of her experiences with Maribel and this sort of exploration lesbianism aside from that like what is she getting out of her experiences and this exploration of a world that according to her studies does not necessarily exist or is possible I think she gets a high off of discovery basically Renko is very like science punk she's very much about like you know we actually are looking for what the truth is not just what we're told it is yeah and so she's taking all of this stuff that she's experiencing and learning about with Maribel and sort of trying to figure out how to make it work with her understanding of physics and science and all of that I wonder what like the logical conclusion to this philosophy would even be well I have an <laughs> opinion about that and I have an opinion about that too. <laughs> what a perfect and elegant segue. <laughs> Just like I'm the most perfect and elegant host. So I have a theory. A game theory. A game theory, yes, that I want to talk about, which is in the world of Toho, the logical conclusion here is that Renko would end up taking all of this stuff that Maribel is doing and like her new knowledge of magic and all of that and try to sort of turn it into a field of study. So in the world of Toho, uh, it's sort of talked about several times, science and magic are more or less the same. On some level, like all of the magic that magician characters are capable of doing in Toho sort of comes down to some level of understanding of the laws of the universe. And so my take is that Renko develops this theory further and she ends up becoming a capital M magician. Like, she she learns magic. She Magic is something that pretty much anyone in Toho can learn, right? Like, Marisa is the primary example of that. Yeah, it's hard, but pretty much anybody can learn it. It's like trying to learn science, basically. It's hard, but anybody can do it. Yeah, and there's a process, and there's laws, and once you understand those laws, you can... It's really like magical science, honestly. Exactly. Magical astronomy. <laughs> yeah. That's not magical astronomy. That's Greenwich in the sky, but it still counts. It's from the same city. Yeah, that's more Renko's theme. So yeah, I think that Renko eventually is going to develop magic as a field, which may or may not be laughed out of the university, but it's something that she... Go on, go the entire route for this. <laughs> To go even further beyond. She's going to develop this theory of magic. She's going to become a magician. She's maybe even going to become a yokai magician by eventually learning how to replace her bodily processes with magic as characters like Patchouli and Alice have done. And I think she is going to join Maribel who will at some point become Yukari, and they are going to build Gensokyo together, and they're going to be the sages. Renko is going to be one of the sages, and she's going to be a magician who sort of provides the, the physics knowledge necessary to build something like Gensokyo. That's a good game theory. F, do you want to explain our shared game theory? <laughs> sure. <laughs> if the M silent. <laughs> So, I mean, our shared theory is... Gay theory? Yeah, our gay theory is that at some point when, you know, Maribel becomes Yukari and all that and goes back in time, Renko is with her and... So in Wild and Horned Hermit, Kassen tells a story about there's a uh, dragon in the skies that's flying towards the North Star and will eat it in a couple thousand years or so. And so our theory is that that's Renko. Renko becomes the celestial dragon in order to eat the pole star in order to uh, save the future by preserving a world where magic is possible. Yeah, and it has the nice bonus of also basically her and 
Mary or Yukari at this point collaborating on their yokai preservation project. You're going to have to walk me through the process here. (laughs) (laughs) By which Renko becomes a space dragon. That does rather escalate quickly. Yeah, there is a little gap there. Process is a similar process to how at least I had canon that Maribel becomes a yokai. It's essentially an extrapolation by the people of the time that they travel back to about their powers. So Maribel has the powers to like bend reality and stuff, so people would naturally assume and believe her to be a yokai. And more specifically, a yokai of the spaces in between what's real and what's unreal. Mm-hmm. Renko, on the other hand, has powers explicitly related to the stars and learning, and basically she has... Very godlike powers, but a very yokai-like outlook, and it, she would also be associated with her yokai girlfriend and some of the only beings that have godlike powers and a yokai-like outlook in Japanese mythology would be dragons. I mean, there is a little leap there. And then she also has the association of her ability being based off of the moon and the stars for the possibility of eventually becoming the celestial dragon. And I mean... I see. Yeah, she doesn't have to be a literal dragon because we don't know when Mary and Renko get thrown back in time, too. It could be that just about everybody else is too young to realize just what's going on in reality and everybody thinks it's a celestial dragon as opposed to, I don't know, like a magic spaceship or whatever. I was about to suggest that she's just ramming the North Star in a magic spaceship. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. (laughs) Of course, it could also be the belief slowly changing it to reality, so her spaceship eventually turns into a dragon-shaped one. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of magic spaceships... Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) My theory that Renko is a yokai magician and one of the sages of Gensokyo has an additional step to it, which is that... Much like Yukari and Maribel, Renko similarly undergoes a sort of change in her appearance and changes her name. I don't know if Yukari is really a change in appearance, though. Does growing your hair count as radically changing your appearance? There's more to it than that. Like, she looks, uh... She's taller. She's taller in that, and has longer hair, and that's... Is it basically just extended, Maribel? <laughs> Long Maribel. Yokai person, extend Maribel. Yeah, she's basically long Maribel. (laughs) She looks different and she looks sort of more mature and... I don't know, I would like look at the changeability of strange dream Maribel. And then look at some of the Yukari art of of the same time. Like, they look extremely similar. I guess so, yeah. There's another way we can address the appearance element of this theory, too. Because I know you've told me this one before. You can also just say, you know, Yokai magicians are really capable of changing their appearance, if they want. And if you're going to be staying in the future for a little bit, but you're not going to be human, you probably would want to have a pseudonym, at least. The change in appearance is not that drastic from Maribel to Yukari, <laughs> and neither is the thing that I'm about to propose. I mean, it is pretty drastic. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, I think it's valid on Maine, but it also... Renko got a gigantic bottle of hair dye. It could simply be interpreted as brown hair. Well, I'll just let her say the theory, and then we will talk about the... Uh... <laughs> So I was thinking about this sage Renko yokai magician theory and I was thinking of she would probably like change somewhat much like Maribel and Yukari. I think that she would probably be a bit mature and professor-like and despite the fact that she is a magician she would sort of approach magic from a very scientific perspective. As I was thinking about this I realized that there is already a character in Toho who fits these qualities and also actually even resembles Renko, if you stretch it a little bit. Basically what I'm saying is that Yumemi Okazaki is Renko as a sage and a magician. That's my game theory. That theory kicks absolute 
extreme amounts of ass, but there's, <laughs> I have one tiny little nitpick. What's that? And that's the fact that Yumemi is canonically 18. <laughs> yeah, so here's the thing. We're going to just take that and we're going to throw it out the window. You have to remember with Yumemi and Chiuri is that they are from an alternate universe that has a counterpart system, and we do not know who Yumemi's counterpart. So do you think that Yumemi is maybe alternate universe Sage Renko? Like, maybe in that universe, there's still Yukari and Gensokyo and stuff too, but Yumemi Renko is traveling to other Gensokyos to see what's happened there. So Yumemi in her universe couldn't find compelling evidence of magic, which is why she left. And we run into, in Chiuri's story mode, they run into Chiuri's counterpart in this universe, but Mm -hmm. the Yumemi mirror match is a robot duplicate, not a counterpart. So we have a Yumemi that is unaccounted for in the prime timeline. (laughs) Yeah. Or at least the person who Yumemi is or was. That's basically the whole basis of this for me. And So Renko might, in the prime timeline, might become a yokai magician that looks like Yumemi and uses Yumemi's name, but she's not got the same backstory as Yumemi from the alternate universe. Exactly. And also, we're talking about PC-98 canon here, so basically... If it's not contradicted. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, you can just throw out whatever you don't like or doesn't make sense, and you can still make it work. You know, maybe she's... The problem is that her age isn't contradicted. Maybe she's 18 in, uh, like, galactic years or something. (laughs) 18,000. Stardate 18. It is contradicted by Renko being much older. Yeah. <laughs> That's just one of those things, again, where I'm choosing to ignore that in order to support this theory, because I don't think that when Zun made Phantasmagoria of Dimensional Dream, that's what DIM stands for, right? Yeah, uh, yes. I think. Although it's never actually spelled out in the text for some reason. Like, even in the song names, it's DIM Dream. Hmm. Yeah. It's um, very dumb. You can't see anything in the dream. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I'm just kind of taking the fact that Yumemi is superficially similar in appearance to Renko, sort of brown hair, although some people might insist that it's red. (laughs) (laughs) Those people would be wrong. It's the PC-98 color palette. It's the same reason Reimu's hair changes, finger quotes, color. I would say that it's probably the same, like, change as mildly bleaching your hair. So, like, it's not changing your hair from brown to red. It's changing your hair from dark brown to a slightly lighter brown that displays as red on a PC-98. Yeah. Because the dark browns on the PC-98 were usually displayed as purple or black. Yeah. So I think it's probably she just absorbed all the magic to become slightly lighter in hair color. <laughs> yeah. As you do. A worthy cause. Yeah. And so, like, just they even have, like, somewhat similar styles of dress. I think that Renko could very easily rock what Yumemi is wearing. I honestly think that Yumemi is probably a prototype Renko, at least in canon. Yeah, that thought was kind of what spurred this whole headcanon on. Just like the fact that Yumemi is a very scientifically minded person who is in canon, like she doesn't believe in magic or whatever, but I think we could very easily... She does believe in magic, though. That's her whole, like, why she's here. That's her whole thing. She's finding evidence for magic because they laughed her out at the university. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. And then she presents the evidence for it and they still laugh her out at the university. Yeah. Something, something intolerant. Zun was a college student when he made this, and it really, really shows. Yeah. (laughs) So all of this scans with Renko and her sort of similar scientific exploration of the magical worlds that Maribel is party to. And I think that it's very reasonable that she would have a very similar story where she presents her scientific findings on magic and the nature of magic and would just kind of get laughed out of the university. Yumemi is from the outside world. It's really a very thematically consistent story. I mean, I'm still Dragon Rinko till I die, but... (laughs) But I think we can synthesize these two ideas. Dragon Yumemi? Which I'll get to in a second, but... 
This has layers. <laughs> we're we're a few cules deep at this point. Yes. <laughs> I won't deny I'm kind of dying at this point. Do you not support this theory, love? <laughs> Will I get scalped if I don't? No, of course not. <laughs> Probably not. Maybe not. This is all just a speculation. I'm not laying down the law here. I'm just speculating about this feature. My law is that you are not allowed to make Hifu bad and stuff that you think is actually canon. Yeah. That's the only law, though. I will lay down the law. Yeah. The uh, Sage Tabards were totally Renko's design. 100%. Yes, absolutely. And... Okina said, hey, I think your spaceship looks really sick. Can you put your spaceship on my tabard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I might be kind of disengaging in the sense that I don't really have any especially strong opinions about post-Hifu Renko. But, I mean, if I had to pick, I'd probably be going with the, like, magician theory. But I guess that's partly because I don't really have any strong emotions about Yumemi either. The Yumemi is an expansion of Sage Renko. Yeah, I think the Magician one is like most realistically likely in canon, but also the Dragon one is cooler and <laughs> thematic. <laughs> because it has a dragon in it? Yeah. Yes, and also because I really like Renko and Maribel's Nature Preserve. <laughs> I like it because it's got a dragon eating a star. As one does. I mean, it's something that should be painted on the side of a van, for sure. I think we can all sort of be in agreement that Renko is probably maybe a sage and a magician and sort of uses her scientific knowledge to explore the world of magic. Mm -hmm. Or her scientific methodology, at least, because I don't know if she would be all in for physics after finding out. Actually, everything is fake. But this could just be a you branch just... of physics. Yeah, the thing is, it's yeah, not it's... that physics is wrong. It's just that physics is incomplete. Yeah, that's how she would look at it, I think. Yeah, I'm just saying her scientific knowledge probably wouldn't be what was more useful and more her scientific mindset. Oh yeah, yeah, that's probably true. And I guess where we diverge here is where I take the galaxy brain step that Yumemi is Renko as a sage and me takes the literal <laughs> galaxy brain step of she's the celestial dragon. But I think we can synthesize these two theories. Synthesize these two theories into Yumemi Okazaki eventually finds the magic to turn herself into a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, we mentioned magic spaceships earlier, and you know who just so happens to have a magic spaceship? Humani. We mentioned earlier that it could be maybe a metaphorical dragon or whatever, or she's just literally a dragon. But I think F earlier mentioned maybe the celestial dragon is some kind of spaceship traveling towards the star for whatever purpose. To ram it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Rinko just gets out of her spaceship, picks up the star in her hand, and eats it. Like an apple. Yes. Space travel is a lot easier if you don't have to worry about breaking. Or the laws of physics. Or breathing. Certainly, because this is Toho, Renko would probably more or less keep her humanoid appearance were she to become known as a dragon. She'd probably have a humanoid appearance with, like, maybe horns like Yachie or something. Which I think would be really cute. I think maybe it would be fun for her to, like, tie her bow onto one of her horns or something. Since, <laughs> unfortunately, her hat would be a casualty of this endeavor. Truly tragic. This is why I can't support this headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> this headwork cannon. You memory wears no hat. It has been a casualty from the start. The thing is, though, the hat just needs to be put into the stable time loop that eventually gets it to Sumiriko. Oh, true. The hat has to be a casualty of every theory in which Rinko becomes a sage. If Rinko <laughs> travels back in time, the hat must leave her possession. What did it cost? Everything. <laughs> a cool hat. <laughs> Personally, I think that character designs that wouldn't be improved by the addition of horns are in the strict minority. That's true. They're in the zeros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we can very easily synthesize these two theories in by making the dragon an extension of the spaceship or whatever. And Renko has a big braid, light brown hair now, and horn. Yeah. And that kicks ass. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm. Elevator music. Yeah, so... <laughs> Are there any, like, out there Renko theories we want to address before we, uh, what else is on the docket for this episode? <laughs> 
That was literally all that was on the docket. It was Ranko, who is Ranko, what are her ideals, and then I set aside like a literal half hour for theorizing about Ranko in the future. Yeah. yeah. And before that, we've spent like, I think, 15 minutes talking about whether there's Safa Marsh or not. It's important. It's very important. Don't forget all the smash jokes. So, okay. One last thing that I will say is that Yumemi Okazaki is named after a Japanese biologist who discovered Okazaki fragments in DNA, which are a part of the DNA replication process. And? This is another piece of evidence to sort of support my, like, Renko Yumemi Maribel Yukari mirror image thing here. Oh, since they're both named after actual people? Yeah, they're both named after, like, Japanese people from history, even though Okazaki fragments are a relatively recent piece of history. Well, I mean, not from their point of view. If only she'd been named after a Japanese physicist, then we could have gone real galaxy Well, brain. it's still a, uh, a folklorist and scientist. They are like a psych major and a physics exactly. major. Exactly. It tracks. I've put so much thought into this theory. I will hold on to it until I die. Or until Zun proves me wrong. <laughs> well, that might take a while, so I think you're safe. Yeah, I think Zun is never going to prove either of us right or wrong. Which means he proves both of you right, because that's how evidence <laughs> works in fandom. Yes, exactly. In one universe, Zun proved Dragon Renko real, and in one universe, Zun proved Yumemi Renko real, and we do not occupy either of those universes. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> At least we don't live in the universe where he uh, confirmed that Yachie is Renko. <laughs> that would be... Okay, you say that, but Yachie and Yukari would be dope, like, as a duo. As a ship? That tracks, yeah. Two bastards sitting in a hot tub five feet apart because they are gay, but they've had 5,000 years of lack of emotional intimacy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that got dark. And Yachie's tail is in the way. <laughs> So, do we have any mailbag or anything? We have one question, but I think we can save that one for a different episode where yeah. I think I've already talked about, about that. It's about Ray Mari, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of not relevant. Oh, wait, we're, sorry. Not, we're not even well, doing... I mean... Yes, there are people who do theories about how Renko and Maribel are Ray Mari, but I don't <laughs> want to talk about them. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, mean I, guess, I guess we should we should we should have talked about that at least a little bit. We can we like... can do some of those character relation like alternative character relationship theories. It's this is a decent segue. We aren't doing mailbags on Unsealing Club episodes. That's true. Oh, yeah, oh right. <laughs> yeah. We decided that last time. <laughs> I was like really surprised when you brought up the mailbag that I was just like, okay. Are we rolling with this? At this point, it's a force of habit. <laughs> yeah, it's just my way of passive-aggressively signaling that it's going to be a long time to edit this episode now. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna cut out, like, all of this. It's fine. Yeah. So we should probably, like, do a wrap-up. So that has been Renko Usami's Wild Ride. <laughs> we mm. have been Outside World Occultists, and we will see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.